Welcome back, guys, to episode 26 of Hopped On Sports. Got another fun show going on here tonight. I've got Steven right here. We're ready to hop into things because we got a full show today. Yeah, how's it going, Preston? I, man, it, it's it's a Monday, that's for sure, but uh, I'm uh, ready to get this podcast going and uh, enjoy this beer. Yep, yep, me too. Yeah, it was a crazy day today at work, but um, I always have this to look forward to. One exactly. of my favorite things that's when we record on Mondays, I look forward to this all day at work. Yep. So, um, anyways, go ahead and let them know what we are drinking Well, you know, you know, You know that old saying, if it's not broke, uh, <laughs> wait, yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I don't know if you know <laughs> I don't know if I know that. Uh, sorry. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Well, we go went ahead and went back with the Amagang, uh three philosophers. Uh, you know, yeah. it was so good last week, and we had another one each, and it was like, you know what? Let's go with it again. That sounds really good right now. So yeah, went ahead and uh, went right back to it, and I'll tell you what, it's, I mean, I, I could very well be even better this time. Yeah. Where, where do you put this, like, when you're thinking of your favorite beers? Is it up there? It's definitely up there. Yeah. Um, you know, it really depends on what kind of mood you're in. You know, yeah. there's certain moods, like, I mean, even with today, I mean, today's a really hot day, you know, 100 degrees outside. It's like you might want something a little lighter to come home to, whatnot. But I'm telling you, this is just hitting the spot for me right now. This yep. is an absolutely just beautiful beer, very, very smooth. And um, I've, I've I've been looking forward to it. So. I, I literally, I would almost say that this is like a full-bodied yingling. Is how smooth that's, it is. How smooth it goes down. Yeah. Um, it's man. It, yeah, it's right up there for me. I mean, with with all the uh, Belgian quads that I've had, this is yep. um, right yeah. there. This one and the uh, Twisted Spike Holy Beer are probably my my top two. Yeah, Belgiums. and it, what's funny is I believe they're both 9.7% each. Hmm. So, I mean, anytime you get a quad, it's going to be a heavier um, heavier alcohol content yeah. type beer. And, um, you know, this proves no difference. But it, it, it drinks so smooth that it, it's easy to, yeah. uh, to go ahead and get after it. But um, like I said, we just wanted to do something simple. Went ahead and went back to one of our, one of our favorites. Um, so let's go ahead and get this show started. Cheers, man. Cheers. Hey, so, uh, let me take this drink first, actually. (laughs) So we've got some mail. Um, so why don't we hop into the mailbox and see what was being discussed on Facebook this week? Um, Jeff Lyles wants us to talk about how sports in general are extremely overrated and a giant waste of money, in his opinion. Have you seen this comment, or is this fresh? I did. No, okay. I, I saw it. Um, obviously, let, let me also say, he backs it up with this. Yeah, he says, I saw his follow-up. For me, yeah. personally, team sports are overrated. It's weird, because I know it teaches valuable things, as does Band, because he's a trumpet player, and he's very good at that. Um, but the amount of time and money and emphasis... If you don't participate, is a little much. The billions upon billions of dollars that is spent yearly could be put to use so many other places in the world other than in athletes, coaches, stadiums, etc. I do, however, like to compete against myself and what I can do physically and pushing myself to go further. I know he works out. He, I think he does CrossFit. So I'm sure that's what he's referring to. But uh, give your take on what you yeah. think. Um, I'm sorry. One more. What? What's his name? It's uh, Jeff. 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 All right. 
so Jeff, uh, yeah, obviously saw the comment. Uh, I, I do disagree, respectively, uh, obviously, because like you did touch on a little bit, uh, the life lessons and everything that are taught through sports has come from someone who's played sports their whole life and uh, has always enjoyed, um, whether it was a team sport, whether it was individual. Um, there's just so much to be learned from that you grow from and carried on, man. And, uh, you know, entertaining. What What's better than having, you know, a really crappy day at work, going home, you know, you kind of just want to escape away from everything, sitting down, maybe having a cold beverage, and watching sports do what you love you know like I, I love watching baseball I love watching football I, you know whatever it might be you kind of it's kind of an, an escape and it's been an escape for you know millions and millions of people right. and it's like whether you're playing it whether you're watching it it, it means something different to everyone yeah. And, and I think that, I mean, you're watching sports, so you're paying for it. Right. Um, throughout time, even on a daily basis, if you want to see an event, you're going to pay for it, whether you're paying for college, uh, whether, I mean, I mean, whether you're paying for cable or you're actually paying pay-per-view. Um, if you go to the game, you're paying. I think that his argument might be more so targeted towards the school system, like elementary, middle school, high school, because at the college level and the NFL – it's a ginormous money maker. Well, I'm thinking so about it's this for a second. For think about from yeah, let's say from a professional level, you think, think about the amount of money sports teams makes the local economy being there. Yeah, you know, Oklahoma City was a, a town that was known for concerts and things like that. That was that was about it. Downtown had n- nowhere near the kind of life it does now. Once they got the Oklahoma City Thunder, they started building sports bars. They started building right. more hotels. Yeah, and I, I did see Bringing that. all this revenue around to the city. I mean, it is a huge, huge business. And to sit there and act like, you know, oh, you know, million-dollar athlete. I'll, I'll worry about, well, it's really touching a lot more people than, the, you know, at uh, that you see at first glance. Right. Yeah, it really has a huge effect. Just think about the times. Uh, Steve and I both worked at a hotel Anytime there was stuff going on at the BOK Center, whether it was a concert, whether it was a sporting event, whatever it might be, it brought people to the hotel. Right. It brings money to literally our pockets with events going on right. around. Which is also a good point um, because if you're a band member, a marching band, jazz band, whatever you might be in, I think that most of those people are probably musically driven, meaning they, if, if possible, they would like to pursue a career in music. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. Like when I was playing the trumpet in middle school, I wasn't passionate about music. So that, that's kind of an exception. I just wanted to do it cause it was an easy class. Um, he actually coached me how to play trumpet. Um, he was, I guess you say my trumpet coach, but, um, <laughs> that's how I would look at it. So point being, when you get into the BOK center, it's sports or it's music. What, I mean, that's band and that's sports in yeah. high school you look at that so they both generate money they're both a waste of money at the end of the day but what are you passionate about you know i mean that that's how i see it so yeah if you got a I, passion for it go for it i mean uh, it's one of those things yeah i don't want to spend too much time on this because we could argue it for hours <laughs> but um it is billions and billions of yeah dollars no, I, mean, spent. I, I mean trust in any industry there's wasted money being spent somewhere right you know whatever yeah. whatever you know he disagrees with it and that's fine that's his opinion and that's cool and i, I do agree there probably is wasted money somewhere but at the end of the day I, sports overall c- 
creates right. a lot more good than it does bad. But it's everywhere. I mean, guys are arguing, I'm not going to sign this extension for $30 million because I want $40 million. Yeah. I think his argument that that's greed, that's selfish, that, that's fine, that's crazy. But when you're a professional athlete and you are making your team millions and helping them win games and stuff like that, you get that ability right. to to take that path right. that's i mean that's business yeah so um thank you jeff for the comment yes sir um, we're gonna move on to keith netherland he said the big 12 is overrated i disagree preston do you disagree oh uh, man um what a, what a shocker from a you know sec homer right yeah. uh, all right <laughs> let's move on keith thanks for the comment keith, no. keith big 12 a little bit overrated, sure. Uh, but in, overall, in what though? I mean, but football. I was, well, yeah, I mean, obviously he's probably hinting more at the football. Uh, he's also just taking a shot at us because he, course. he knows, and he's just you know doing him. But uh, I, I would agree, maybe a little, little overrated, just because it seems like you know we have these great teams who put up crazy numbers, like a Texas Tech, who I believe hasn't won a ranked, won against a ranked opponent, and you know a very long time it's just stuff like that it's like they look a lot better until they actually play real competition yeah. and as soon as they play good competition you know they lose or, yeah. you know so it, it i get it i mean but yeah this is coming from a guy who's an lsu fan right. who, uh, <laughs> I, so, I don't remember lsu doing much lately dennis uh dennis says discuss how baker looking like preston doesn't make baker any more likable <laughs> um I, I don't disagree with them. I, I don't think I have a disagreement there. So, um, well, Baker. I just want to clarify. Yeah, Baker looks like me. Yeah, uh, I know. I noticed. Just to be that. fair, because uh, I am the older one. So, um, you set the tone. Yeah. All yeah, right. Exactly. Well, let's not spend much time no, on that. Maybe. Dennis had a second part to his question that was way too sophisticated for me. Um, Josh wants us to talk about how Harden and Westbrook are going to have to change the role they've played their whole career. Um, I don't I don't think I agree with that, but primarily because I think the team itself is just going to have to change the way they operate and coach and the way that the coach has to coach because now he's running two point guards. Yeah. Even though However, um, well, it seemed at first that Harden was going to be a two because mm-hmm. he was with Westbrook. I think the role might switch there now. See, I, I don't. I don't think it will um, just because I think Harden is just a natural point guard. Yeah. Um, but – the thing is, who did he just play with? Chris Paul. Right. And so he, they kind of already started that journey of playing with two point guards yeah. at once. Um, so I don't think the transition will be as hard uh, as it would have been if they he had never played with Chris Paul. I think he's understood that he's got to take a different kind of approach to things. Um, maybe depending on the situation of the game, who takes the ball up court, whatnot. Maybe that's the, maybe that's it. I think that's going to be the biggest thing is who who gets the ball to take it to yeah. half court. And I think because they're going to run a two yeah. guard offense. And, well, I was going to say I, I think how they'll really do it is give guys the opportunity. Yeah, they'll start the game together and everything. Then one of them will go take a a break, and uh, w- the other one will stay out, run the offense, and then yep. kind of switch back and forth type deal. Kind of what we saw with Russell Westbrook and Paul George this year where you kind of want uh, George to stay out there with the twos. Yeah. Well, George logged a lot more minutes this year than Westbrook did. Um, I think that overall, like I've said, they're going to be running the two-guard offense, and it's going to be interesting to see how they cycle that. Yeah. I think that uh, Harden is capable of playing a lot more minutes than Westbrook is. 
Um, so it'll be fun. Harden, I mean, darn near plays full games sometimes. He plays so a lot, man. It, it'll be fun. And having Westbrook, it'll even allow Harden to lower his energy exerted on offense. So That's true. Um, we'll see. But, yeah, thanks for the comment, Josh. And um, I don't know. I mean, Drew leaves a comment and says um, Michael Jordan or Aaron Baines. So I <laughs> definitely think Mike is the GOAT. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll um, stay with that. Uh, Preston might go with Baines. So. Um, anyways, let's move on. Thank you guys for the comments. I, well, I did want to mention just something that um, you, you had posted a, a picture, yeah, uh, a fifty great or yeah, fifty right, fifty greatest wrestlers of all time, yeah. And I thought this was really interesting because we got a we got a lot of chatter about it um, with people sharing it and with their friends and whatnot, and just checking out some of the comments and everything and. I thought this created a very interesting point because, yeah, although I didn't agree with the list totally, this was just a list that you would happen to f- have found yeah, that just you shared. It, just, it, was, it wasn't uh, something we created or anything like that. It says Jim Fell Nation created yeah. it. And so, just but I just wanted to mention it just because it really it's funny. Like, obviously, I was a big wrestling fan growing up. Uh, you know, it was just so entertaining and whatnot. And you look at these guys, they're all legends and whatnot. And you know you've got your own personal feelings towards them, of course. So it's hard to really understand what some of these uh, older guys had done for the business and how much of you know great wrestlers there were. People forget like uh, like a Ric Flair was an absolutely great wrestler, right? Uh, you know we we know him more for the older part of his career yeah. where it was more about the showboating and everything. Um, yeah, no, just, they've got him listed number three. No, I know. I'm just saying. No, I'm not complaining about him there. I'm just saying like people forget things like that, or you know, you look down the list. It just really depends, probably where you where you were, uh, what what years you were watching yeah. and stuff like that. Anyway, I just thought it was a great list. Something I think you and I are going to do more of going forward. Check putting lists out, getting people's opinions of yeah. where they and think. We'll, we'll build our own lists. Yeah. And then we'll ask for years. I mean, exactly. it'd be fun. It'd be cool to compare and contrast. Exactly. I think that one of the first ones we should do is our top 10 favorite wrestlers. I think yeah. 50 is a stretch, but okay. top 10. We'll, we'll do that. We'll do our top 10 for next week. Um, put I, th- it I out think there. we should do top 10 most impactful to the sport, not just our favorites. That, yeah. I mean, if you want to get very specific, that's a good way to put it. That's, that's kind of how I define yeah. it anyway. Uh, I right. see people complaining about certain guys on the list being too high, too low, whatever. But I really think you got to look at the whole picture of what they meant to the business, yeah. not just their wrestling ability. When I'm looking at this top 50 here and the big show, the giant, I mean, two and one, neither of them are on here. That like hits deep with me. Like, <laughs> does this person, has this person ever even watched wrestling, you know, and, uh, I mean, wrestling, wrestling is wrestling. It's fun. It's entertainment. Um, but something I've been passionate about for a long time. I'm not too into it now because I, I just feel like the entertainment factor has gone down. But to leave the big show, the giant, off of here, um, I mean, to put Andre the Giant at 17 and not in the top 10, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put our 10 and we'll, put a we'll, list we'll together. see. Yeah, so. Uh, anyway, thanks guys for interacting. We're gonna do something like this going forward, where we'll have a uh, a new segment. We'll be in the uh, mailbox. Yep, and uh, just getting you know opinions from you guys of uh, what you think about certain things, and we'll we'll try to answer them the best we can on here. So, uh, but let's go ahead and hop into some news. Um, we had a couple big things happen. Uh, 
So I don't know if you saw yet, but Brown did lose his case to uh, wear his old helmet. Yeah. And now he has a decision to make for his future because right. he's already said that he won't play if his if he can't wear his helmet, his original helmet. And, well, he's been told he can't. So yeah. good. where does I'm, he go from here? Like I said, I'm glad that happened. Um, now, is he a man or is he a chump? Is he going to stand by his word or not? I, I'm telling you right now, I'm... <laughs> I if I if I had a bet right now and you put a gun in my head that so you got to bet one way or the other, I don't think he's playing. I know that sounds crazy, but this dude's got a lot of pride, and oh, to tell so him, to tell him that he can't do something, and you think he's just going to be okay with it? Yeah. I I man, I don't I don't see him doing that. Yeah. If you told me I had to live in Oakland and play football, I'd probably look for an excuse out too. Well, they're going to Vegas next year, so they're they're I mean, that's a good they're, point. they're a year away from a, a whole new culture and, you know, fan base around them and, you know, if so I, I don't I don't because know. I mean, the NFL, even though you may or may not agree with what they're doing, they're taking steps to protect the players. Um, the players, they're trying to keep the players' best interest right. in mind. I mean, Antonio Brown, he has, for the record book, received one of the nastiest hits in the history of the NFL. It was like 2015, the 2016, playing the Bengals, end of the game, catches the ball, gets annihilated. Shoulder to head, head to head. Um, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what new helmet technology would have done in that situation, but he's out for the game. He, he missed. I mean, it was a bad deal for him. Um, one of my favorite parts of that whole situation was that Juju Smith-Schuster just, that must have been 16 then. He absolutely leveled the guy yeah. that hit AB. I, I mean, just that. took him off his feet and stood over him. And, uh, that's frustrating to me because that shows that Schuster had AB's back, but, a year and a half, two yeah. years later, when AB it was time for AB, you, you, not yeah. even to have his back, he took shots. But we're we're kind of babbling there. So, <laughs> well, I d- I did want to ask you a question because this all all this drama that's going on right now with the Raiders, uh, you know, we might be able to see a little bit of that on yeah. Hard Knocks. Yeah, were you able to watch any? No, I told you I was going to the other night, but still kind of trying to get moved in over yeah. here. And so I I, end- I don't know. I end up watching it. Um, How was episode one? It was it was decent. It wasn't great. Um, it was very entertaining in the beginning, I would say. Um, man, because I'll tell you what. Uh, you, you never watched Last Chance You, but one of the characters on there um, was he's made it to the NFL. They had Last Chance You just right over here in Oklahoma. When? You know what? Two years ago? No, it was in uh, Kansas, so it's close. But Where at? Which school? Uh, independence okay i thought i thought they had it right up the road yeah i mean it so, was right up the well, road yeah. in turn but i had my schools <laughs> twisted um but um anyway I, th- one of the guys from last chance you he's made it to the nfl a, as a uh non um what do you what do you call it non-drafted whatever so he's trying to make the team and everything and you quickly see him on this first episode kind of get that same poor attitude that he had at times and, and during last chance you and within 25 minutes of the show he's already getting cut and yeah. it's like man that you can't you can't do that in the nfl and it was just it was kind of a and to me it was kind of of a probably a reality check for this guy uh if if he's not already faced you know enough going through college you know having to start um you know having to go to juco before he can make it back to D1 and whatnot, he ends up getting cut. 
uh, sorry for the spoiler, but uh, it, it was just kind of a cool moment because it's like, yeah, man, you got to, you know, these this is a business. This is men playing football. You can't bring that sorry attitude into into a locker room and think you're going to just walk by, you know. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I, I would definitely recommend Hard Knocks. I, I think you should try to get it out so there and watch it. what was your question to me? Did you already ask it? Did I ask you a question? You said oh, I've did got you a question watch? for you. Did you watch? Oh, is all okay. I was getting at. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But, anyway, very interesting. Um, also, I think it was very interesting was our first week of preseason. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw uh, a lot uh, of... Interesting el- might not be the best word because it doesn't really interest me. Well, but what happened? It's weird. I don't know if it's because we're running a podcast now or what. But for a, I have I've got a lot more interest here this year in football. I don't right. know. I guess I've just missed it so much. Well, I'm I, looking I, forward to talking I, football I, on the podcast. Re- oh yeah, I, I so can't I wait think for it's that, the fact but, that football's being played. But just watching, you know, watching some of these games, trying to check in to see what's going on, who's playing. You're like, oh, is that guy still in the yeah. league? Like you know, <laughs> little things like that or. Or just seeing some of the rookies, you know, step up yeah. and make some plays. You know, it's just really, really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, but now everyone has actually played at least yeah. one game, and well, we'll just kind of run down the list. I mean, we won't spend much time on it, but yeah, Broncos beat the Falcons, Giants beat the Jets, Bills beat the Colts, um, Dolphins beat the Falcons. Interesting. Patriots murdered the Lions. Um, Ravens <laughs> murdered the Jaguars. Browns. Not to my surprise, beat the Redskins, but um, also should have been you know, there. Yeah. Uh, could have been there, should have been there, but preseason. So thirty ten against the Redskins, not a big deal. Redskins are going to suck this year, anyways. Um, Titans beat the Eagles. That probably won't be the case in the regular season if they're playing um, or when they play. Packers beat the Texans. I was actually kind of glad to see the Packers beat the Texans. Reason being, obviously, I'm a Packers fan. Wearing my Packers shirt right now, but um, the word win hasn't really been associated with the Packers for the last year and a half. So um, that, that's a little exciting on the on the preseason side of things. But Panthers beat the Browns. Cardinals beat the Chargers. Kyler Murray is 1-0, essentially. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that first, man, I think, we, I think we touched on it last episode a little bit, but that first drive, man, he looked good. Yeah. That's yep. exciting. Yep. Uh, Seahawks over the Broncos, Steelers over the Buccaneers, Vikings over the Saints, and Raiders over the Rams. Um, Chiefs beat the Bengals, and the 49ers beat the Cowboys. And that wraps it up. Yeah, That's now. A, pretty that, much all you need to know until the real season. That last game um, that you mentioned, 49ers over the Cowboys, I think was a huge, huge game for Zeke Elliott. Okay. Not just because they lost, but you looked at their running performance, and uh, I believe the um, the starter who uh, yeah who started the game for him had like 16 yards. Uh, there was not much run uh, rushing offense. It was you know I I know you don't want to read in too much into things, but uh, that's a big win for Zeke Elliott because you're thinking this isn't get rid of DeMarco Murray and think that you could just plug another guy in there and, you know, you're going to have great success this year. Uh, We saw that a few years ago when Murray wanted more money and Cowboys weren't willing to pay him and they went another direction and it kind of worked out for him because they didn't have to pay that big contract. 
uh, and they still ran the ball like crazy, but they had the best offensive line in football at the time. Right. So, yeah, pretty much anyone could run behind that line. I understand that. But they're in a different situation here. I think their line is still very solid. But, man, Zeke, I mean, he is he's a game changer, man. And I think you got to find a way to make this work um, as much as I – I dislike the Cowboys and really don't care what kind of success from a business standpoint. I think they really got to keep this guy around and yeah. keep him happy because uh, between him and now your your newest quarterback, who it's kind of a weird timing for him to be declining a thirty million dollar contract. Yeah. Do you know why he declined a thirty million dollar contract? Because well, he wants forty. Because he wants forty. I mean, but. As a quarterback, as the captain of your football team, you got to know you're you're literally your running back, a guy that helps open up the pass game, a guy you pass the ball to, is also holding out, right. trying to get his money. It's just a weird, weird time oh, to be and, doing this and because don't, you know what? They're they're going to bars together, they're going to dinner together. Those guys are friends. Him and him and Zeke are friends. You. So they're to, very very different in a lot of ways, both guys. Because I I think Dak is a is a good quarterback. Uh, I think he's holds himself to a higher standard um, than like a Zeke Elliott. I think Zeke is more valuable to a team than Dak. But I, I mean, you can definitely go that way. However, quarterbacks I mean, Dak can play for a long time. Right. Zeke's got you know right. But X we're talking time right left now. on his tires. So it's just a w- really weird spot for Dak to be asking for more money when he's like, "You." It's almost like take less money now. Yeah, I know. know I know, I know, that, I know that's so easy to say as a guy. You know, I, my money's not on the line. You know, my you know future's not on the line. It's easy for me to say that, but sometimes you got to look out for the best for the team and take maybe a little bit less. That way, you can get Zeke signed, and you guys ultimately put yourself right there in the NFC as you know three fourth best team maybe a couple people i think we can blame this situation on um some of you may agree with me may disagree number one kevin durant number two odell beckham jr i think that um i think that i I don't even need to get into it that's my opinion and i think that there's been some serious changes in the way these we just see this happening in sports in general yeah Yeah. uh, in that sense i do agree that uh, players, it's, it's, it's play, about the money, not play, the wins. Players are starting to really think more short term. Like I got to get my money now. Forget everything else. I'm going to get paid. That's all that matters. Which is a, obviously it's a tough, tough way to go about things. But everyone wants it. And I, I mean, I, I, I'm in no, you know, no place to judge them for that. So uh, I don't like it. I know that because I mean, imagine being a cowboy fan right now. Whose jersey do you have? Cowboys? Yeah. Uh, me? If you're a I'm cow- wearing Troy Aikman's because I don't like a single person on that <laughs> team right that's, now. <laughs> that's fair. You can go the legend. Or you're probably wearing a Dak. You're probably wearing a Zeke. You know, you're wearing uh, maybe even a Dez. I don't know. But you're, you're wearing these guys who all of a sudden you're like, wait, Zeke might not play this year? Like, right. You know who the best quarterback in the league is right now? Who? Tom Brady. Yeah. You know how much he gets paid? Why I is don't that like eleven I don't. million. It, I think. He's he's the thirteenth highest paid quarterback in the yeah. NFL. You know yeah, why? He just because he gives contract. a crap yeah. about his team. He cares about wins. He which 
if you got a wife who makes great money too, it's pretty easy yeah, to make that Yeah, and we talked decision. about that. But Dak, but, guess what? Money or wins. Yeah. You ain't getting both. He yeah. doesn't care. He Bro, wants the right money. Right now at this position, yeah, they're in a tough spot where they're strapped a little bit and don't want to pay a running back who might not have a ton of time. They might not want to do this. And so, yeah, it's like pick your poison. What do you want? you want to well, win or you want money? But so. look at the Steelers this week, Mike Tomlin. Um, I, I'm not going to get too far into this, but leave it short and simple. He says, I'm not worried about the future. I'm worried about – not worried. He says, I'm not worried about the future. I'm focused on what we have right now. You know, let's get yeah. it done right now, okay? <laughs> we're not We're not going to stress about the future. We've got what we've got right now, and we're going to work with it. We're going to deal with it, and we're going to go win games. And, you know, it's the Steelers. They're going to win games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I kind of – I saw this. I thought about this. Obviously, like I said, I was kind of excited the way the Cardinals played – um, Kyler Murray, like I said, looked pretty good. Yeah, um, I'm excited for Kingsbury. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Are you, are you buying into this Kingsbury? Absolutely. Deal? Yeah, Keith, you can suck the Big 12s something. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I'm thinking, but you can suck it because the Big 12s represented right now in the NFL in a big manner. Um, you're going to see this powerhouse offense style carry over into the NFL, and we're about to see if it works against the big boys because it's worked, and even though I'm not an OU fan, it's worked against the SEC, and Alabama's had a heck of a time beating OU. Obviously, it can be done, but to what I know, OU's got a better record against Alabama, and, I mean, you're going to see some offense in uh, – you're going to see some offense down there in – Well, we see teams like – <laughs> you, you were looking like you were going to cut me off twice, so I quit talking. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no you're going to see some offense with the Cardinals yeah, for yeah, sure. exactly. We see teams like the Eagles. We see teams like St. Louis, you know, making these moves to the spread and really looking like Big 12 offenses. Well, you get Kingsbury, a guy who's been around that and ready to bring his style of it to the NFL. Uh, I love it. I, I, I think it can be successful. I think you give him a little bit of time to build his offense – um, man, I think it could be it could be interesting, especially if Kyler Murray really pans out to be the quarterback that people think he can be. And I know it's early, and I know, but that I mean, I'm telling you, there's certain uh, tangibles you can see in a quarterback yeah. that it just it looked like it worked yeah. it, when him playing against NFL quarterback or uh, NFL defenses. It looked like he fit there, right. like he belonged there. So it's gonna be so, fun to watch, yeah. but. Uh, on to a little different note. Did you see that James Harden gave ten thousand dollars to a to a woman that was fishing with their family for food I, in the Bahamas? I, I did see that. It was very very cool moment. Um, I fun to watch. It's always nice to see these guys give back. You know, I mean, yeah. And this goes back to what Jeff commented. I mean, yes, it's a lot of money, but you also get guys that are doing this, oh, and there's yeah. guys that are doing things that you don't even know of. They're they're giving money. They're helping out. They've got, you know, $40 million contracts. They, they're probably, surely these guys are giving a million, two, three, four, five million dollars a year back to the community in ways that you don't see. In yeah. maybe even ways that they're not even able to tax or you, write off. You would sure think so. You'd, you, hear, you hear the good stories about people doing it today with media. I mean, pretty much everything gets out. But yeah. it, it is great to see. I, I love giving back, um, seeing these guys know how hard it was to get to where they're at and we'll appreciate people who are grinding who people who are having you know have having a tough time 
and just giving back. And uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it shows that we are people still at the end of the day. You might be an athlete. You might be, you know, top in uh, the sport you're playing, but you're still a person. You're still, you know, in this case, an American and you're just helping, you know, helping. So, um, something I've, I've not really studied or even read about recently, but I've noticed that Adam Silver is always talking about how his players, and Adam Silver's commissioner of the NBA, always talking about his players aren't happy. Players aren't, aren't happy, this and that. Yeah, talking about how they're not happy. Um, I'm, I'm wondering what we would think that the the primary cause would be for that aside from money let's take money out of the equation because if you've got a superstar athlete that's in a bad contract yeah maybe they're unhappy comparing themselves to their cohorts that are making you know twice as much as they are but not performing i i I don't know if i i think it i think a lot of it relates back to college and these guys go to college i mean you look at zion and zion goes to duke he is an absolute superstar at that school. You know, maybe maybe the highest worshipped player to ever come through Duke or the NCAA. Even, I mean, he's for that up matter. there. I mean, he was a legend. So, but then he gets into the NBA. He may or may not have that that same wow factor once he's there. I mean, that could play into it. Um, I think that over the course of time in college, these players uh, mature. Yeah, I think that they learn a lot about life through college. So this one-year rule, I mean, do you think the players are spending enough time in college? Do you think if they were able to spend more time by the time they got to the NBA and were really able to appreciate what they had, do you think that it would help them be happier and not be so demanding maybe? So that <clears throat> that's a tricky question because, yes, I do think it would be beneficial. No, I do not believe they should have to stay longer. I agree. Um Dude, I mean, we saw it. I mean, let's say Zion blows his knee yeah. when that shoe went yep. out. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about millions yeah. and millions and millions of dollars lost. I'm, I'm still a proponent of let them skip call. Let, let them draft out of high school. If the team yeah. thinks they're ready and the players, maybe even their parents approve because some of these guys aren't even 18. Right. Um, and, and let that, them do it. And that's but. why I honestly do believe that we're going to see more and more players leave high school. Yeah. And go to like Europe, right, and stuff like that, where you can play professionally right out of college. You'll make play, a little money. You'll make a little money. You you know you get cultured. Yeah. You know whatever wherever you're playing, whatever you want to say, but you're gonna make money, some money guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, which I know we can get into the whole thing. Who knows what these guys might be actually right. making in NCAA, whatever. But you go there, you make for sure money. You leave, you go get drafted. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I think we're going to see more and more of that until, you know, they decide, all right, we're going to go ahead and let high yeah. schoolers go straight out. Right. And we're going to stick with the one and done and go that you, way. You know, my overall point with it kind of I think is the fact that if Adam Silver is going to let these kids come into his league at that age, you might be, you know, you just finish a freshman year in college. You go into the NBA, you're 19 years old. Some of these guys might even be 18. If you're going to let them do that, do not come to me complaining about these people being immature and unhappy, you know, that, that, that they haven't fair. developed yet. That's fair. They haven't even developed their mind. I, so I just think that ultimately, like, this is, you know, these this is their opportunity, and they've got to do everything they can yeah. to seize it now. Right. Not wait for something to happen. And I get tired of, you know, we're starting to see it in the NCAA 
football um, where kids are sitting out in bowl games and things like that. Where I would it too. It doesn't mean much. It's hard for me to blame them because it's like you've got so much on the line. If I'm a if I'm a college trying. athlete, if I'm a quarterback, yeah. I'm I'm and I've got potential to go top ten, first two rounds, even fourth round, fifth round. Um, I'm telling my coach, I really appreciate everything you guys have done for me. I hope you understand that this game really doesn't mean anything, but my future does. It just it really stinks because I was listening to an interview the other day. And uh, coach was on there, and he, they asked him about it. And he goes, "Well, you know, it just stinks because it, it leaves a mark on their legacy." And you know, at the end of the day, money, all that stuff, only means so much. But a man's legacy, you know, what you leave behind, is something that plays such a big factor. And it's like, right, you know, like forget all the wins and you know, good time, good memory, or, you know, what, or, yeah, let's forget, forget all the wins, forget all that stuff. Uh, but, like, your legacy, what you left back at your school, whatever, might be a little tainted with a move like sitting out. Yeah, but, I mean, and, if you're going to OSU and you're going to the Fiesta Bowl yeah. every day, I mean, every year, does it matter if you sit out? If well, you're sit- OU, if you're Alabama, you're Clemson right now, and you're going to the Sugar Bowl, you're going to the Rose That's Bowl, you're point. playing you're playing point. that game because it matters. That's a good point. You're not sitting that game like, out. If, if you tell me Baker sits out, let's say OU doesn't make the playoff his last season, they he uh, he sits out. And um, you if, you, know, if it, OU's going to the Fiesta Bowl while Baker's still there, Baker yeah. sits out. Nobody's feelings are hurt. Well, no. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. If he well, if he doesn't make the, if we don't make the playoff, he sits out. That kind of shapes the way I look at him. Uh, he's done amazing things for the program. I don't necessarily blame him for it, but it's like, dude, like that's kind of an easy way out. And it, like I said, it's hard for me to judge him for that. But it's like, I, I don't want that. And I don't think he would do that anyway. I just want to clarify that. I don't think that's the kind of guy a he is. A competitor is a competitor. But, yeah. man, I'm telling you, if you're going first round in the NFL draft, you've got to think about your future. Yeah. And not even necessarily about the money, but if you want to keep – if you love football and you want to keep playing the game, yeah. why would we're, you not take that into consideration? I'm not saying you have to sit out, but it's it's in your mind. Every single person that plays a non-mattering bowl game – like you've got guys that go to TU here. Okay, they go play the Alamo Bowl. They go to some. They, you know, they might go to the Toilet Bowl. OSU does the same thing. OU's been there. Um, if you're going to a bowl that doesn't matter, you are thinking about your future. If you're a potential first round, second round, third round, fourth round pick in the NFL, don't. Nobody's going to convince me that anybody isn't thinking about that. And there are positions that aren't as big a deal. I mean, if you're a lineman, you're playing because, yeah, you could hurt your knees. Like, linemen go down. Oh, all the but time, yeah. But you also know at the same time, I might be able to take it a little bit easier. I'm not going to take as many risks. A quarterback, a running back, man, your your career's on the line every time you touch the ball. And yes, no, argue for it, argue against it. Running backs in the NFL, there's a reason – that running backs have the shortest lifespan. It's a dangerous position. You get hit, you get hit, you get hit, you get back up, you get hit, you get hit, you get back up. It's an ongoing cycle. Um, and same with quarterbacks. Yeah. If you don't have a good line, I mean, but enough about that, I suppose. Well, you're either playing in the bowl game yeah, or you're not. Exactly. If you're not playing, it's because you know that you have a future in the NFL. If you don't have a future in the NFL and you're not playing, you're a scumbag. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great segue into the next point because I don't know if you've seen this or not, but I had a couple friends actually 
uh, tweet it at me and send it to me uh, today. Uh, Sports Illustrated came out with their top 10 programs, uh, college football programs of all time. Um, this is, is Alabama number one. This is 150 years. Um, oh, okay. So, uh, what is it? Not Harvard. Um, <laughs> no, no, none of those schools. This is over the, just the entire entirety of college football. Uh, so they came out their top 10 and let me just say, I highly disagree with it. Why? Because OU's not number one? No, okay, I, I'm going to be... Or as, the Yankees aren't number I'm one? I'm going to be an, as unbiased as possible I can uh, with this. But there's just so much, so many things here that don't make sense. So Let me look at it before you start talking. Wait, don't, don't say anything yet because we're going to start with number 10 and we'll work our way down. <laughs> I okay? know who number 10 is now. Okay. So number 10, checking in at number 10... All right, is your Oklahoma Sooners? Not my Oklahoma. Not your Sooners. Uh, your the, Oklahoma Sooners. The Oklahoma Sooners. And okay. I think I'd rather be an OSU fan and not in the top ten than be a OU fan and be number ten. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if the uh, that makes a ton of sense, but University of Oklahoma. We've been used to this for a very long time. Don't get much love from big corporations. Such I mean, as, dude, you guys are rated in the top seven every year going into a new year. That's so you so can't say you don't have okay, love that, because that, there's even point. times you might be you might finish the season twenty eighth, and all of a sudden starting the new year you get a new quarterback that isn't even proven and you're going into the season top eight. Generally, they go off by talent and expectations and things like that. Favoritism of obviously recruiting. A, a program like Oklahoma who does recruit good, you know, good uh, players. Are going to be projected. We see if you, if anyone if you want to throw anyone out there, forget OU for a second because we've been relevant for quite a while now. Uh, it's been a long time since the nineties. Yeah, I mean OSU uh, technically won a national championship before OU did. So if we're like going way back, we could always take that into consideration. Anyway, um, look at teams like Texas. Look at teams like LSU. Dominant. Well, that's Texas not, has a that's dominant not, history. That's not the well. Yeah, overall, they've got a a decent history, um, but they go people go off expectations of that program and go, yeah, you know they they recruit well, you know blah blah blah. They should be in the top ten. You're like, did you watch a single one of their games last year? Last year, okay, but see, if we're talking well, like you're I know, talking, I know you're listen, talking thirty listen. years, three bad years over thirty, twenty seven outweighs three every time. I disagree. What? Um, because the very reason of if a program is going trending in a certain direction, you can't go. Well, they were good, t- you know, for the last twenty-five years. Surely they'll figure it out now. And yeah, but this and, is the and, greatest and, programs in college football history. I know. And okay, that's exactly my point. Is you look at history. OU has had more wins since World War II than any other program. That's a fact. I, I'm not talking OU. I'm just well, talking I, in I'm, general. I'm, I'm just mentioning. OU first, all right? More wins in that time period than any other program. That's I think that's pretty impressive. I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty impressive. Keith doesn't care because right? the Big 12's overrated. They've got <laughs> one big team. Right. So then you get into um, national championships. You, whether you want to go by AP national championships, whether you want to go by where everyone can win a national championship in a year, you know, there's been so many times where there's multiple national champions in a year, which just makes 
negative sense. Uh, but that's how they did it for a long time. And whatever, because vote, er, uh, um, voters had a, a vote to who they'd vote for a national champion. And there were times where teams got left out of a national championship game and still got voted as the national champion. Pretty ridiculous in my opinion. Obviously, I'm glad we got away from that. But that has actually shaped part of history because teams can say, well, I won a national championship that year. I've got this many national championships, blah, 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 whatever it might be. So I really, really feel like that shaped this um, this top 10 rankings because nothing else makes sense. If you want to look at number nine, Tennessee is number nine. Yeah. Dude, I mean, do you remember their heyday, though? Yeah, I do. And it was scary. No, (laughs) it was for like a day. It was for like a season. It was, it's ridiculous. This makes zero sense to me that you could even put OU in the same category. Uh, These are, I'm going to mention the teams that I'm upset about being ahead of OU just because I I, I couldn't even fathom uh, people actually believing in this. Tennessee is being one of them. Tennessee, call it historic. Call it what you want. Uh, What is it? 98 is when they won their last championship. Very dominant. Very good program. Totally agree. What have they done since? Name me something they've done since. Because I know they've been garbage for not just a few years, for a very long extended period of time. Uh, Penn State checks in at number eight. Very another great program, um, eighth on the all-time wins list. Um, however, they haven't won a championship in 33 years. Who? Penn State. Penn State. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, here's the thing I would argue against Penn State is they're they're. I mean, you're in, you're out. Like, yeah, they're playing some tough teams, but when you compare their schedule to um, some of these other teams, it it doesn't line up. You mean in a good way or a bad way? Like, in a bad way for Penn State. So tougher, you think the Big Ten is a stronger conference than what? Than what other teams are facing? Because I agree, there's years the Big Ten is solid. I mean, you're like, gosh, it's like Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan State, uh, you know, Penn State. You get, you know, a fairly amount, and you're like, once you start figuring the, the crowds and everything, you're like, my gosh, I can't imagine playing in front of 110,000 people on the road, you know, blah, blah, blah. How they check in at this is blows my mind um, because I think they had their heyday, but I think it was for a much different, I don't know, just Who, not. Penn State? Yeah. I, I, I mean, dude, they've got, they had one of the best coaches in the history of the oh, game. Oh, Joe Paz. And, and, and coaching will, will is so important, yeah. especially in college sports. Yeah, I do agree so, with that. But here, here's the thing that I'm seeing from this list more than anything is, which team's stadium are you scared to go play at? Nah, I don't, I don't agree with that. Um, and could, but we're thinking back. I mean, you and I are only 25 years old, 27 years old. So there's a lot more to this list than we've even experienced in person too. Yeah, but if you give me 110,000 OU fans. At a stadium, if you give me a hundred ten thousand OSU fans at a stadium, it's crazy. How many games have we been to at OSU okay, that are just also, absolutely ridiculously loud? I don't know if I said that. Ridiculously, <laughs> ridiculously uh, loud, and 
I mean, that we're we're talking about like fifty four thousand people. Yeah, but you want to okay. know? Let, I mean, look. Let's just pause. You want to know who's not on the list? Who? Clemson. Well, they're not a historic program. Right. That's what I'm saying. So we can't broaden. I mean, we can't like have tunnel vision on the last only the last fifteen years because I'm, if no, we do, Clemson's okay. number one, number two, number three. One of them. They're they're in the discussion they're absolutely for the, the most last dominant ten years. team right now. Yeah. I'd say last seven years. I think before that, I yeah, well, debatable. Well, that I, I'm just rounding it up, I guess. Um, I get what you're coming from with that, but so am I. Because if we're talking about a longevity, who was the best team in the 50s? Who was the best team in the 50s? I don't freaking know. University of Oklahoma alive. was. Who was the best team in the 70s? Arguably, right there, two national championships that year as well. Um or I'm excuse me, four national championships in the 70s? Uh no, two, I'm sorry, two. Um two, 70s, 80s, four national championships. 90s, we don't talk about the 90s. 90s one of those things you just kind of forget about, just move on, didn't work out, whatever. All right. So I'm talking longevity as well. I'm I'm decades of performances. Ohio, I mean, Penn State, they can make the list. I'm okay with that because they do have the eighth most wins in college football history. To put them where they're at, I totally disagree with. And that leads me right to my next point. Seven, Nebraska. Now, as an OU fan, and if you know anything about OU's history, Nebraska, OU, big, big time game for many, many years. Oh, you could not get over that hump of just right. beating Nebraska. No, Nebraska. I, I, I don't have an issue with Nebraska at seven. There's a lot of these I disagree with. Nebraska at seven is not one of them. Uh, uh, Nebraska I, is absolutely a top ten team. What I wanted to make, the one point I wanted to put in there, like I said, I think Nebraska can be there because they are the type of team that has had longevity. I know they haven't performed well in the last you know, decade, um, but – they are a team that has shown that hey, we're not just a you know decade type team. We're more of a yeah. longevity type I, team. I, I'm also assuming. Okay, finish. Sorry. Sorry. No, I, I just want to make this point. Um, so what they've what they've been able to accomplish, and if you know a Nebraska fan, these are some of the most loyal freaking fans. Oh, it's crazy. In any sport, I don't care what it is. These they travel. The freaking road games, yeah. like nobody's business, man. It's unbelievable to see what what they do, and I can't even remember what their record is for most sellouts. It's out of this world. Yeah. Even when they're bad, they've been terrible, and they're still selling out because people love Nebraska football, and that's cool because you don't that just doesn't just happen. You you they've put a product a product out there for long enough that people have become loyal to, and so it, it's just cool to see. Um, I'm assuming, um, before you even say yeah. it, that your one of your biggest issues with this list is that Texas is ranked above OU. Yeah. Yes and no. Uh, I mean, we're, Texas. We're, 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 when you look at Texas OU history, te- OU's not even close to Texas in when they played. In when, yeah, when, uh, Red River rivalries at sixty-two to forty-seven. They've but, tied five times. Right, but we're talking about overall program. I know, I know we head are. Not head-to-head. I know. Because I, I do understand that point, but read that national title. Um, I understand what's how you have nine. How many do they have? Well, it, I, I like going off AP. We've got seven. Seven? Yeah. Okay, and how many does Texas have? Two or three? It's three or four. Okay. Um. So that's there's a big set there. How many Big 12 championships 
does Texas have? Oh, I'm assuming OU has more. Yes. So you, you get into things like this. You're like, so what are you going off of? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, it, I, I can't even, I can't even understand where these go going. The, my biggest comparison, if you look at the numbers, you look at things. My two closest ones, and where I think OU uh, and this team can flip flop, is number six, uh, is Notre Dame. Okay, but then that also puts OU above Tennessee, Penn State, and Nebraska. Yeah, and I agree 100%. That you think it should happen? Not even a question. Without us even debating a second longer, OU needs to be ahead More of all More than those Nebraska? Teams. 100%. Okay. 100%. I think OU is one of the most powerful teams in the history of sport, in, in the history of NCAA. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing. So, but I also think Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Texas, USC, Nebraska, Penn State, Tennessee are too. I get I get to OU Notre Dame. I think they're a program. If you put their stats up next to each other, you go, man, I can go either way on that. Um, you look Notre Dame. I mean, OU's long um, consecutive win streak was broken by Notre Dame. Yeah, there's a lot of but- history there between these two programs that are historic. Who started the Let's Play Like a Champion today? Everyone said a lot of people say OU did. A lot of people say Notre Dame did. Whatever it might be, these programs line up next to each other, very similar in a lot of ways. And I would go, uh, if you put OU seven, Notre Dame six. If you put Notre Dame seven, OU six. I, either way, I could see that. I, I have a hard. So you're still fine with USC, Texas, Michigan, Ohio State, and Alabama above OU. Fine is a hard word to say. I understand it more. I don't understand the others, okay? USC, uh, I, I don't know. You get into, like I said, outside of the AP, I, I can't even remember what how many championships teams. USC has something like 11, 12 national titles or something like that if you get into other things. So you, 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 they build a case through that. And plus you look at the dynasty they had there, including just – absolutely destroying OU in the national title game. Who? USC. USC, yeah. I know know that's just one year, but that's a big part of their history because back then you did not want to play USC. Uh, You look at those years and it was 04, No, I mean, that's why I'm fine. You did not want to be a uh, play at USC because they were just dominant. So they're okay to make the list. Totally understand USC arguably used to be more scary than Alabama. I mean, you did not want to play USC. And I'm kind of getting tired of talking to OU right now, but I'm not even going to lie. My (laughs) brother, I mean, all sports. I I, I just mentioned that they got their butts kicked against USC. That's all I mentioned. No, I know. Just in general, it seems like we're only focused on OU in this list. Well, if OSU had more of a history, I'd bring them up I don't even want to talk OSU. I'm just bringing them up in the list here because it it, it really affected me because I had a buddy text me and go – where did OU rank num- uh, in this list? And I'm thinking over the um, last couple months, there's been a few different lists that came out, and a couple different lists had OU at number one in, on the list. Uh, and I'm, I'm talking about bigger names. I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, but, I mean, respectable respectable uh, news sources had OU at number one on their list, all right? Because yeah. I mean, if you look at the long longevity of the program, I mean, it's impressive. I mean, you can but, look and say, oh, you're so, probably the best quarterback-producing school of the last four decades. I mean, So he sends that to me and goes, where do you think we ranked? And I go, I don't know, number one? And he's like, nope, I'll give you another guess. And I was like, last. I was just being a, you know, 
giving him crap. Uh, he goes, no, 10th. And I'm like, oh, my. Dude, like, that would never have in a million years guessed that. Just had you known 20 years ago that OU was going to be ranked number 10, you probably would have been an OU. I mean, an Alabama fan, right? <laughs> no. Um, it, it's just a weird, weird situation to where you're like, what's the criteria? Lists only mean so much. You're like, who voted? Who did this? What What are they going by? So to, it's not a lot. To I mean, read. this is Sports it, Illustrated, by God, dude. They're one of the worst right now. Yeah, Sports I, I Illustrated is I awful. Totally That's why agree. I'm not paying too much mind so, to this list. No, because I don't and think you should but be. Too. Obviously, this is something to debate because I look at the list. We'll just finish up. USC five, Texas four, Michigan three, two Ohio State, one Alabama. Very deserving for Alabama. I, I don't have a lot of debate with some of the right there. Um, I mean, they're just historic. You think football, you think Michigan, you think Ohio State. I think that Nebraska should be above Notre Dame. That's one of I, well, my biggest issues with the with the. Uh, I I, I don't. I, I think Notre Dame has earned their right to be in that conversation. I mean, they do have more national titles. Um, you know, they've. What is it? What is this? It says they're hundred. Or 897 all-time wins are tied with Nebraska, so that's interesting, at fifth. Um, but they also have been known, they haven't been able to win the big game in a while. But, I mean, neither is Nebraska. So, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. They're they're very similar in a lot of ways, too. So we still got a lot to talk about. It was a very interesting list that I was, I was glad that it came out on, t- you know, today so we could debate it a little bit because, like I said, it is just a list – um, and it, it's interesting though. It really made me think a lot. So very, very cool. I think to, OU uh, deserves six or seven. I, think. I love history. Anything, in, especially getting into sports. Obviously, I love history of sports. And I you look at these programs, and a lot of these programs, man, it, they've got such historic, you know, yeah. uh, numbers and. Um, no, I think I think ten yeah. is a slap, but I don't think that putting them number five or number four, number three would. Uh, necessarily be fair either i mean some of these other teams you think of the hype that was involved with them all throughout the years and uh i mean ou's obviously got hype but we'll not we'll just move on um did you see last night actually here in tulsa um at the pbr event this dude got stepped on by a bull and it was bad news i I heard about it on twitter and yeah it surely did sound bad yeah broken ribs uh probably a punctured um punctured lung uh there was a doctor tandy freeman confirmed that um the guy's name was the dirt eater i mean how how ironic is that i mean you eat some dirt you get stepped on by a bull he got admitted to the hospital. Dr. Tandy Freeman confirmed that uh, he had a collapsed right lung, diagnosed with the lacerated liver, several rib fractures. I mean, what a mess, man. You watch these rodeos, and some of you may, some of you may not. And there's a weird element involved with, with watching these rodeos, especially as just like a somebody who's not a diehard rodeo fan is – you're watching the bull riders, and you know all along what can possibly happen. And that's what happened to Dirt Eater. And you're not cheering for it. You don't want to see it happen. But at the same time, it's in your head the whole time. Is it going to happen? If it does happen, what happens? I mean, you just you don't see bad injuries like this happen very often in sports. And when you do, 
it leaves you in like a, oh my gosh, like I just experienced that first person. I'll never forget it. But at the same time, I wish it wouldn't have happened because this is still a human. And this guy potentially, I mean, you got a bull that steps on your back. You may never walk again. So do, do you think that like when you got to understand what you're signing up for when you when you get into a profession like this? Yeah, though? I mean, these guys do. They, I'm telling you, bull riders are tough. They're the, like the only people that I would say are athletes that are tougher than hockey players because they have to be. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're tough. Man. They literally, if they don't do their job perfect, they're taking a whooping, man. I mean, just an absolute slam show. Because there's no gracious way to fall from a bull. <laughs> I've true. seen it happen a couple times on videos. I'll see if I can find one and post it. These dudes get bucked like 10 feet in there, and then they fall, and they look like they land on a pillow. Yeah, I mean, they no, find a way to stick a smooth landing, but, man, um, dangerous, dangerous situation. I, w- I could never do it. I wouldn't do it. I went and watched it as a kid all the time. It was one of my favorite things to do. And as a kid, you're thinking, oh, I hope he gets bucked off. You know, but now... You can. That dude's I, got a family. Like, yeah, <laughs> man, this guy's a dad. Like, he wants to drink a beer tonight yeah. when he goes home. I, I don't know, man. Um, and that's one thing I think you could probably say holds pretty true through most people in the PBR is they go home and have a beer after they ride that bull. I think that's a safe probably that a or Bud some, Maybe something stronger. Yeah, maybe a whiskey. Some whiskey or something. Uh, something tells me, well, I'm not going to go down that road because I, I really do feel bad for Dirt Eater. I don't. I don't feel bad for him in the sense of, oh, he knew it couldn't have happened, but I don't want to see that happen to him. Um, I feel I feel a heck of a lot w- more worse for Dirt Eater than I did Kevin Durant. But um, anyways, didn't plan on talking bull riding today, but we did. Speaking of getting bucked off the train, um, the Orioles got absolutely wrecked by the Astros, 23-2. to um, yeah, it's not not pretty at all. Not um, for, no, since you just like talking Yankees and the OU, we'll just say that the Astros are coming for the Yankees. Oh, that's totally fair. I, I've already said it. When they got Grinky, I was like, dude, they might have just won a World Series with that. So yeah, I, I, I'm I'll be the first one to admit it. I am very very afraid of the Astros, and for rightly rightfully so. I mean, they've got pitching, they've got hitting. Uh, I still talk to our friend uh, Davey Price all the time about uh, us <laughs> or about the Astros being the powerhouse that they are because I absolutely think that this uh, this team they got is something special. So I- I'm really hoping that um, Yankees can find a way to figure out their pitching situation and be able to compete against the Astros. <laughs> But when you see a team putting up 23 uh, runs, I know it's against the Orioles dude, I, and they're just terrible. But We're just trying to keep is. our thoughts together right now because I just looked down at my sock and I, I had a spider on my foot the size of a half dollar. And I don't think you understand that or knew what was happening, but it's right here in my sock. And uh, wow, that threw me off track big time should we get on right is it live or dead or we i, I do you have a new pet it's or trapped it, and i really don't know you that i want to let smash it your sock is what i'm thinking okay I'll, squeeze that bad boy. okay well yeah. well yeah we'll do that because that was not cool not cool at all i know you don't like spiders i don't mind them but i don't want to get bitten well that's my whole point i uh <laughs> If you knew so, what just to, happened. To be fair, 
the the half a dollar is not an exaggeration. <laughs> Stephen just threw it at me. I didn't mean to. It popped out on my hand and, and you actually saw it scared and me. Freak, freaked out. Wow. What that, is that thing, that's man? A, uh, that's a beast. Holy crap. All right. Um, well, did not expect yeah. that. Sorry about that. Uh, wow. Anyways. Uh, we, we had to mention, obviously, uh, and another shout out here Keith Nevelin, uh, LSU lover, SEC, you know, uh, Homer. Uh, also talked about, hey, d- are you going to mention anything about this this whole controversy that's going on with golf? And us being golfers ourselves, I, I, I really did want to get your opinion on the matter. And that being, I mean, that is a big spider. Dude, this thing is ginormous. Uh, that it was it, when it sprawled out. It's seriously, it's it's the size of a half dollar. That was that was that's a big boy, that's a unit. Um, I did want to get your opinion on this, though. So, yeah, um, let's shoot it. Slow playing golf. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I can walk a round of golf in two hours, and I maybe two and a half, but it it depends on fair. how I'm hitting them. Um, when I watch, I mean, just give them some background on what's going on yeah. right now, and then no, I'll expand on I, it. I wanted to see what you thought about it because a big, uh, big controversy that's going on right now is slow playing golf. And uh, Bryce, uh, Bryson DeChambeau uh, has been known for a guy who plays slow. He's a guy who's going to make sure he lines everything up perfect, going to really bring in the science and everything behind it. Um, and try to bring that aspect to the game. Well, then you got a complete opposite in Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka, new guy to the game, uh, as in like the part of the new age kind of golfer, uh, who is absolutely hey, I'm as soon as it's my turn to hit, I'm hitting, I'm going, and whatever. Uh, so Rory, Rory's up to uh, up to hit a ball, and. Uh, Kepka is kind of ahead of him in a sense at his ball ready to hit his as soon as Rory's done well I guess um, DeChambeau kind of took some type of offense to this and just kind of thought it was kind of a shady uh, situation for uh, Kepka to be playing like that because he's like you know you need to kind of respect the golfers around you don't be in their line of vision when they're trying to hit a golf ball and I, I, I mean, I, I can't fault the the concept of that, but at the same time, it's like, dude, when people are over and over again saying, "Hey, you probably should pick it up." Hey, you know, you taking three three and a half minutes to line up a putt is absolutely ridiculous. It's like, it's one thing after another, and I, I really think we're going to see a change in golf because. You know, you're you're trying to keep the viewer interested, and I don't think it's good for golf when you've got guys like a DeChambeau who literally take every single second possible to try to use that to their advantage uh, when they could clearly speed it up a little bit. I mean, no one likes the slow guy, and I think you would agree with that because oh yeah, I I, I just I don't want to see this golf game that's already. <laughs> Unless you're a fan of golf, it's, it's already treacherous it's already watch. hard enough to watch. Then you got guys taking forever to line it up. You're just like, come on, man! Like that's no one, no one's signing up for that. So, um, I, I honestly think because PGA 
has already talked about how they're going to address the matter. Then again, I heard it was also said that they have said this for years and everything, but now that... But they've taken action. I, I give credit to the PGA. They've taken action. You can leave the flag pin in. You don't yeah. have to pull no, the flag they pin. They are making good impressions. Okay? They're, pushing, they're pushing these guys to speed up. They've done multiple things that the players are allowed to do now. Well, clearly, we're going to have to go to like a shot clock almost. Yeah. And, you know, well, I mean, uh, yes and no. But they even, there were talks two years ago about next season, we're going to keep these players from being allowed to draw a line on their ball. And the yeah. manufacturers, if they put a line on the ball, you're not allowed to use that ball. Really? Yeah, because these guys are taking so long to line up their putts. To line that up. Yeah, hmm. and they're professionals. I mean, they should know how to swing the club without needing to look at a line. I don't I don't line my putts up, and I'm a decent putter. Um, it's frustrating to me when you see guys like DeChambeau sitting there taking three and a half minutes to take a putt. I mean, dude, how many times have you putted in your life? You're acting like this is the first and only putt you're ever going to take in your life. And I've played with people that golf like this, and I don't make it to 18 with them. Because either A, I get sick, B, I die, and I, I'm like, guys, I got to go to the ER, or C, I just tell them, you're playing too slow. I can't do this. It's, it, it literally makes golf not fun. Competition level, PGA Tour, little different than going to the golf course to play on Saturday. But if you're like Kepka, you're thinking, dude, I have to be in the frame of mind to hit this ball every time I get up to it. And if you're frustrating me in between shots, I'm not going into each shot with a good frame of mind. The frame of mind for each shot is the most important thing in a round of golf. And if these pros are not able to address the ball in a manner that they are when they're practicing, it's a dangerous for their round. It's detrimental. I mean, I would say that Kepka had one of his worst rounds of the year. And, and he was still right there arguably in contention until he just it just didn't work out for him yeah i i think obviously a lot got to him over the course of the weekend yeah but he's the kind of guy who literally yeah i mean if he's on his rhythm and he's flowing he could shoot 12 under yeah i mean he can go he can go off so i obviously he was thrown off he let some of this get to us something i didn't mention which i absolutely should have probably led with this <laughs> was uh, the spider happened. A lot took place in that oh, time. Our I was kind of thrown yeah. off here. <laughs> but, yeah. So it got out that Kepka was frustrated with what was going on with DeShambo. Well, DeShambo ends up walking up to um, Kepka's caddy and goes on a, I believe it was Saturday, goes up to him and goes, hey, tell your boss that if he's got something to say about slow play, and he can come say it to my face. Which I thought was kind of ironic because it's like, DeShambo, why didn't you just go say it to Kepka's face? Right. It's probably because Kepka will literally destroy pretty much anyone on tour right now. <laughs> right. This dude is a big, strong guy and not someone you probably want to mess with, I, I would imagine. But especially a guy like DeShambo, which I just cannot stand. But whatever it might be. It is something I think that needs to be addressed and I think will be addressed. So I, I look forward to seeing what happens there. But um, did you figure anything out the, your best and worst of the week? Because there's a lot going on this week in sports. Well, I mean, 100%. I could say probably in order the worst of my week and then the best of my week were both the spider that just <laughs> occurred. Because when I looked down and saw that spider on my foot, dude – 
100% the worst moment of my week because I felt like a little girl. For the first time in my life, I was scared of a bug. And It's hard to count that the as The best sports, part of my life? But we are podcasting right now about the, the, sports, and it was involved, so I, the, I'll allow it. The best part of my week was taking my sock off. The, this, okay, I'll give you a visual. The spider was on my toe. When I saw it, the last thing I wanted to do was smash it and have it bite through my sock and bite my toe, right? So I grabbed the back of my sock by my heel, and I pulled my sock off real fast. So now the spider was in this sock sack, essentially, and it was at the very bottom. So slowly I started unrolling the sock, and it somehow was not on the toe. It was more on, like, the ball of my feet. And when I kept going with the sock... I open it up. It landed on my hand. It, it, I mean, it scared me a little bit, and I, I throw it, and it goes right towards Preston, and he fell a solid three feet back. Eh, I wouldn't say that far. You have but three feet between I, you and let, the wall Let's right clarify. There. At this point, I don't know if this is dead or not. <laughs> you literally basically threw a spider well, if at we me. weren't, If, if we it weren't wasn't for a, the computer being in the way, it would have actually hit me. So, if, <laughs> And let's get this clear also. Preston is more scared of spiders than he is Alabama. That's so, not true. Uh, Alabama scares me. Uh, okay, okay. Um, anyways, that obviously I'm kidding there. I don't know. Um, I think the best of the week, probably the fact that DeChambeau actually goes up to um, his to Kepka's caddy and says, hey, tell him to say it to my face. Like we just talked about. Dude, you're literally doing exactly what you're telling Kepka to do you're mad at Kepka for doing something that you're doing like grow yeah. a pair man yeah you guys share the same locker room don't tell me you're not gonna see him no, so that that's the best that's the worst I don't know that's probably the worst because makes me lose a little respect for the guy I've never really had an issue with him not a fan I know you're not but I've, I mean I mean I don't know who do you not who do you who can you not like in in the PGA? I don't like Sergio. Why? Because he jacked with Tiger when Tiger was hot and when I like Tiger. Um you don't see a ton of controversy in golf, controversy in golf. Um so I don't know. That's probably that's probably the worst of the week. Grow up here, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um my best of the week uh comes from Saturday's Yankee game. Um end up watching what could be you know well, I guess what is a very classic. I know it's just middle of the season or towards the end. I guess three quarter years of the season. Uh, absolutely showdown between a great closer and a new rising star. And if uh, you don't know what I'm talking about, it's uh, Donis Chapman versus uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on Saturday. Yankees are up by two runs. Vladimir Guerrero comes to the plate, or excuse me, one run. Vladimir Guerrero comes to the plate in a pitch hit opportunity, faces Chapman in what was just an absolutely amazing at-bat. He falls 0-2 instantly and then just proceeds to foul a pitch off here, foul a pitch off here, take a ball, take a ball, foul a pitch off. I mean, you, each, each pitch, dude, because if anyone knows who Chapman is, this guy throws 100, 101 miles an hour. Um, and so it's just bringing the heat. And man, I've just, I've never, it's been a long time since I've really been locked into an at-bat like this because it went something like 13, 14 pitches or something. And I mean, every pitch I felt myself like, if he just makes contact with this, it's 
game over, Yankees lose, that's it. And so, I don't know, it was it was just a really, really cool moment. Vladimir Guerrero ends up grounding into a double play. Um, not it's It wasn't even to finish the game. There's still one more out left. But just to show you what kind of classic at-bat at this was, was I've never seen this. Vladimir Guerrero got a standing ovation from the uh, Blue Jays crowd with him running back to the dugout after the double play because <laughs> what everyone just witnessed was like, wow, like that was an at-bat. If there's one way that you're just going to get out and we're going to lose this game, that's the way you want to go out because he put on just such a performance and uh, I got to tip my cap to him. So very cool moment because obviously Yankees end up winning that game. Great, great deal there. Um, so, yeah, that's my best. Worst, probably that list, man. That kind of kind of got me upset and us debating it kind of got me a little bit more upset because I just I, I don't understand where the writers or whoever put this list together came up with this. So uh, I would really like to get the criteria. But Yeah. Um, my best is simple, probably just the Packers winning a preseason game, which is so step dumb one because it, it just step doesn't one. matter, but it's baby steps and this whole crap with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Matt Fleur. I mean, it, does it matter? Is it going to you know, work? Is it not going to Does it work? matter? These are the news channels just needing something to talk about, Sports Center, Fox. These guys just want something to talk about. Um, either they're going to win games or they're not. And if they're winning games, nobody cares what's going on. Winning solves everything. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know, man. Um, Packers really struggled last year. So, it's going to be interesting to see how this new system is going to work out. I think that Aaron Rodgers runs this place. Um, if Coach doesn't work out, he's going before Rodgers is. I think it's. Uh, I think that is maybe a stretch for me to say for some people that don't understand um, the power of Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is necessarily a better quarterback than Tom Brady, so don't get me wrong there. I think he's a better athlete, and I'm randomly comparing them, but point being they're the top two quarterbacks in the league talent-wise. I don't even think it's debatable. Patrick Mahomes is – He's getting I, I, We'll just say these are two guys that are proven. They, they are the two most important people in the NFL – there's no doubt about it. And when you look at everything in that manner, who, what kind of coach are you going to choose over a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers? I don't think any organization is choosing a coach who's easily replaceable over somebody who's not easily replaceable. It's debatable. I mean, who, who are you taking over Aaron Rodgers? Or if you're, I mean, are you, are you going to get rid of Tom Brady before you get rid of Belichick? I mean, I think that that's a tougher debate. I was going to say that you get into coach. I mean, because we're, we're, I, I we're, think start, that we're opening up a whole nother can of worms. But a short answer to that is that yeah, who's got more rings between Belichick and Rodgers? No doubt, Belichick. I mean, exactly. So you might go ahead and go with the coaching aspect on and not Belichick realm. or Rodgers, but Rodgers doesn't play for Belichick. Brady does. Well, I know, but I'm saying like you said, who would you rather take, a player or a coach? You're saying a coach is no, more I'm saying replaceable. if you're if you're the management of uh, the Packers and oh, you're having yeah, issues okay. with Rodgers gotcha. or you're having you. issues I, I with the coach, I thought you meant more in general. Yeah, you're cutting the coach because you can replace him. You can't replace an all-star quarterback. Rod, yeah, Rodgers obviously he's getting towards the end of the career and everything. Uh, so unless you're totally set on Matt LaFleur and you're just ready to go on with him, yeah, you got to go with the quarterback. Yeah, so. of course. So that's my point. Why are the news stations even talking about it? And Rodgers even came out and said, eh, it's fake news. Don't worry about it. 
And I'm with him. Like, who cares what's going on between the coach and the players? If the coach is able to win games, the coach is winning games. Yep. At the player's expense, at the coach's expense, doesn't matter. If I'm a fan, win games, y'all do whatever you want from Sunday to Sunday. Yes, sir. Doesn't matter. So, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. Um, run over to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Like us at Hopped on Sports. You can send us an email at hoppedonsports at gmail.com. And uh, throw us some comments, throw us some messages at the beginning of every segment. We, I mean, at the beginning of every episode, we're going to do the mailbox segment. So um, hit us up, and we will address what you guys want us to talk about. Uh, have a good weekend or a good week. Cheers. Yep, take care, guys. Cheers. <laughs>